This is the CX Insights Rockstars Podcast. And this is your host, Dr. Frank Buckler, founder and CEO of CXAI. Let's rock this show. Hi, Shep. Nice to have you at CX Insight Rockstars. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So for everyone listening, Chep is uh, a CX expert, award-winning keynote speaker, a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author. So he is the author of lots of books I cannot ever mentioning, but the latest book he brought with his today is I'll Be Back. So uh, I'm really. I, I want to hear you say that. that again. You sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger when you say it. Go ahead, say yeah. it one more time. I'll be back. I love it. I love it. There it is. I'll be back. You know what? <laughs> Subtitled uh, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. And uh, I'm excited to tell you about it. Yeah, I, I was expecting this because I'm re- realizing I'm, I have this exit too. But I hope you can understand me. So that's good. <laughs> But yeah. Maybe before we jump into the topic, uh, maybe you can tell everyone uh, your story. How did you arrive in the field of customer experience? Sure, sure. So it all started back when I was a kid, uh, about 12 years old. I started my first business and it was a, a birthday party business where I did magic shows at you know little kids' birthday parties. And eventually, by the way, I worked my way into nightclubs and I did corporate events. But when I did my first show, uh, my parents taught me some valuable lessons. There were three things they told me to do after that first show. One was to say thank you, write a thank you note. My dad said, follow up a week later, thank them again, call them on the phone. And then he said, ask them how they like the show. Aha, these are my insights, right? Okay. And he said, but get specific. Don't say, did you like the show? What tricks did you like? Ah, and he says, eventually you'll hear people talking about the same tricks. And then you also notice people aren't talking about certain tricks. Get rid of those tricks and and replace them with magic tricks that the audience seems to enjoy more. And you're going to get better and create a better show. Now, I had no idea that that was gathering insights, getting feedback, and then using those insights to create a better experience. Hence, process improvement, if you will. And that's how it all started. I mean, I was just like, You know, I didn't know that's what it was, but as I got into business and I went to go to work at different businesses and college and summer jobs, and then when I got out into the real world, uh, I said, you know what, this is going to serve me well. And I had the entertainment background. I saw a couple of motivational speakers. I said, I could probably put a speech together. And I started writing a speech on customer service and customer experience. By the way, back then, it wasn't called customer experience. Nobody even referred to CX. Uh, It wasn't until somebody got really smart and said, customer experience is a fancier term for customer service. And then somebody said, no, customer experience is even bigger than customer service. Uh, It's all the interactions. It's all of the touch points that a customer has with any aspect of the company along any part of the journey, whether it be with a person or with the product or even the unboxing of a product, uh, the way it's shipped, All of those are part of the experience. And our job, I think, today, uh, my job is to help my clients create better experiences by understanding the opportunities they have and uh, bringing those opportunities to light. Yeah. So this is now your eighth book. And if you read the titles of your books, 
it basically is about the same thing, right? Probably yeah, it's an experience. So the, the really, good, the, all the books are a little different, but yes, the titles are all in the same lane, service and experience. We have not deviated one time. Yeah, but this brings uh, you to the question, what's new in this book now? <laughs> Everybody asks that. So in every book I have, I have my foundational what I call principles from the very first book I wrote. So I always have a chapter or two just on that. But when we go beyond that, I started, uh, you know, I write articles every week. I write for Forbes. I have a weekly column. I have my own uh, newsletter that I put out. Plus we write for others. And after a while I say, you know, I'm writing about some pretty interesting new ideas here. So I started, you know, and part of it also is I become even more crystallized in my thinking. So I had a client a few years ago that said to me, you know, you always talk about getting feedback and in our case, getting insights. All of that is a history lesson. When we ask for, um, you know, on a scale of one to 10, were you happy? Did you like the product? Was the service good? How was the process? That's a history lesson. Okay. Net promoter score, the likelihood that you recommend us. That's based on a past experience. This particular client was in the hair salon business. They had franchises, you know, all over the world of hair salons. And they said, what we want to measure is behavior. I go, okay, tell me more about that. We want to know. So, and by the way, they know the average customer that has long hair, short hair, a man, a woman, they know what these different personas are going to, what a typical, you know, repeat customer would do or a loyal customer. So what they're measuring is behavior. Are we doing a good enough job to drive the behavior of coming back? And if they come back, are they coming back every once in a while? Or are we now part of the fabric of their lives? And hence, they're a repeat customer and even a loyal customer. So I started thinking, wow, that's cool. It's I'll be back is not, would you be willing to come back? It's do you come back? That's what it's all about. So this is a tie in to Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and the Terminator. Or is there... <laughs> Is there a deeper tie into the specific? Uh... Great question. It took about three pages of starting to write when I realized, or maybe I was creating the outline. I said, you know, it would be really cool if I could get Arnold Schwarzenegger to give me a, a, an endorsement on this book. So Arnold, if you're listening, it's not too late. <laughs> it's, we'd love for you to, even if it's a year after the book comes out, it's not too late, but I hope uh, we're still, we're working on trying to get that, but you know, I'll be back obviously made famous. It's a, it's a phrase that everybody knows from the movie Terminator. And the first time it was used, it was probably not a good example of a great experience because he was, a, you know, he was the bad Terminator and he went in, he was upset with the guy at the police station. He said, I'll be back. And he came back and he blew up the police station. And the next movie, he said, I'll be back, but he was good Terminator. And it, it was a good thing that he came back to help. And it's been used in a number of movies and a number of ways. And we all know what it means. I'll be back. And really today, I'll be back is in my book is about customers. But as we come out of this COVID-19, and hopefully the Delta variant is just a little blip on the way to truly coming back to the way business should be. And we need to be focused on, on taking care of our customers and thinking about what are we doing right now to make sure that the next time they need whatever it is that we sell, that they come back to us. And that's what this book is about. Uh, so in, in chapter two, I think you discuss the most important measurement in business mm, yes. Uh, yes. that leaders should consistently monitor. So what is it? 
Well, and that is a do they come back? And I want to emphasize the idea of measurement is really important. Gaining insights from customers in a qualitative and quantitative way. So the scale of one to 10 is, is all about numbers. And then when you say, well, why did you give me that number? Or what would it take to increase that by another number? Well, that's your qualitative. You learn a lot from that and do not discard that. Don't stop doing it. But I also want you to really pay attention to the types of customers you have coming back. Are they the once in a while customer? Are they the true repeat loyal customer? And uh, by the way, I don't know if you plan to ask it, but I'd love to share the difference between the repeat customer and the loyal customer, because that's a big part of what this book is about. Also. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so repeat business is gold. I mean, we want it. And loyalty is the next level. And I always talk about the loyalty question. What am I doing right now to make sure that customer comes back the next time? And if I try to focus on a lifetime at this moment, that's daunting and it's large. But if all I'm focused on is the next time, every time it turns into the next, it turns into loyalty. Uh, but many companies are doing, uh, they're, they're having activities, they're creating programs. Uh, sometimes it's like, you know, we'll give points, like the airlines give points. And they call that a loyalty program. It's not, it's a marketing program. Nothing wrong with that. So please don't understand that I'm not saying that's not a good thing. No, actually that's a really good thing. Because if you do it right, you get customers involved with you and they want to come back because there's an incentive to do so. If you come to my restaurant, if I had a restaurant and I say, hey, here's a card, keep every time you come here, I'm going to punch a hole in the card when there's six holes, the seventh meal is free. That's a marketing program. Now, it could drive repeat business and it gives me the chance to earn loyalty. So that's why we want those customers coming back. But what happens in the airline business if one day, all of a sudden, nobody is giving away miles anymore? Which airline are you going to choose? Are you going to go back to the one that had been giving you all the miles? Or are you going to say, you know what? The only reason I went to them was because of the miles. Actually, I'd rather go to this one over here. Uh, what about the business that has a customer that comes on again and again? Why do they come back? Do they come back because it's you know, two miles closer than the next competitor. And if that competitor were to move a little bit closer to the customer, would the customer pass them up to continue to come to us or would they go to the place that's most convenient? So convenience is driving the repetition. So you have to understand the why behind a customer's buying habits. Is it convenient? Do they truly love you? None of that, neither of those are, you know, obviously if they truly love you, that's probably better than just somebody that comes back out of convenience. But knowing that's why is really insightful and makes you understand why it's important to deliver the service that gets them to come back, even if it's strictly because of convenience. Is it because of price? Uh, and here's a great example. You know, I go there because it's the lower lowest price. That's why I go there. That's not why you're loyal to them. It's why you go there. Because the moment somebody else has a lower price, that customer is going to probably switch to that company. See, I have a personal opinion. I would like to hear your view on that. Sure. So there's um, there's some conflicts about around incentivizing and actually intrinsically motivation. So mm -hmm. there are studies where you basically give kids a dollar to play something, and when you when you start take don't incentivizing them anymore, they have forgotten to how to play because what they intrinsically would do they they don't do anymore because i don't get money for that so right. what what's uh, isn't there a risk of too much incentivizing 
to loyalty? Well, that's that's the point. The the incentive doesn't drive loyalty, it just drives more business. So the airlines that give you the perks of the free first class upgrades, the miles with free trips and, you know, getting uh, the ability to board early. Well, if you took all those perks away, would the customer still want to fly? Yeah. You know, and that's uh, I think it's important to have that incentive for many reasons, because sometimes that's what separates you. There are clients that we have that recognize that if they don't do this, their competitor is. Uh, it's, you know, if I go to a hotel and the hotel does says, look, you're only here for three days, we're not going to give you housekeeping. And the other hotel says, no, we give you housekeeping every day. Well, I mean, if that's important to you, guess what? You're not going to that hotel that doesn't give you, you know, clean towels on a daily basis, if that's important to you. So you've got to understand what drives the behavior. And if it's things, points, awards, that's that's not bad. Just recognize it's marketing, not loyalty. Yeah, I agree. So uh, customer experience management is already around for a while and it raised, raised, was raised up in, in the priority list of companies. But uh, I think in chapter five, you are saying that there is basically no improvement uh, what companies seeing. So how can you say that? Actually, what I said is there's nothing that's changed. It isn't about improvement. And what I mean by that is that, sure, there's lots of improvement. The bar is getting raised. Companies like Apple, Amazon, Nordstrom, Ritz-Carl, uh, I mean, you can go on the, the list of all the different great companies are raising the bar. But here's what hasn't changed. The customer comes to you because they need something, they have a problem, uh, in the customer support world, they have a complaint, but they come to you with the best intention of having a positive outcome. And when they're finished, I'm going to use the word happy. They want to be happy. They want to be fulfilled, satisfied. They want whatever they came to get. They want to get, you know, and, and, and know that it's been done. So just in, in a simplistic way, if, I've, if I'm in the customer support world and you call me with the problem, when I'm finished, you want that, you want that problem solved and you want to be happy. Now, What has changed? So by the way, that hasn't changed. That was there since the beginning of time. And 50 years from now, 100 years from now, people are still going to say, I got a problem. Take care of it for me. Oh, great. Thank you. I'm happy. Now, what's happened between I have a problem and thank you, I'm happy. That's what has changed the way we go about it. We have social media channels. We have chats. We have artificial intelligence. We have lots of ways to deliver the experience that will make our customers happy and want to come back. But what hasn't changed is the basics. Got a problem. I want it solved. I want to be happy. I need a product. You sell it to me. I want to use it. I want to be happy. Really nothing's changed in that aspect, but everything in the middle has. In chapter three, you say actually every company can uh, do amazing uh, customer mm, yep. experience. So this is a reach for everyone. So what, what's a magic trick? So it's a, it's no magic trick. And by the way, you, I don't know if you know that I do magic tricks. So like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I did a birthday party magician, but I still practice my card tricks. So the point about amazing is it's within the grasp. There's nothing uh, that's preventing any company from being amazing to their customers. And here's what I mean by this. Amazing is not about creating an over-the-top, blow-me-away, most incredible experience I've ever had. Uh, although that is amazing, 
But on a day-to-day basis, those opportunities don't fall in your lap. Um, If I'm a server at a restaurant and I happen to overhear this couple talking about it being their 10-year anniversary, I can surprise them with a piece of cake at the end with a little candle and wish them a happy anniversary. But if I don't hear that, or maybe they come back and it's not their anniversary, okay, what do I got now? Okay, let me tell you what amazing is though. On a scale of one to five, where one would be bad and five would be amazing, what's average? Three. Three is okay, satisfactory, fine, just all right. The way to be amazing is to be just a little bit better than a three, even just 10% better. Uh, Horst Schultz from the Ritz-Carlton said that if on a scale of one to five, you're 10% better than average, which is a 3.3, people are going to say they are really good at what they do. He says somebody walks down the, uh, you know, a customer or a guest walks into the lobby and they're greeted, hello, how are you? But if the bellman remembers their name or they say, hello, how are you, sir or ma'am or whatever, and adds an extra word, it's just adding a little bit more. So here's what 10% better than average looks like. Customers say, I always enjoy doing business with them. They use the word always. They're always so knowledgeable. They always are friendly. They always get back to me quickly. In other words, the word always followed by something positive. So you create the standard. If somebody says, uh, you know, I love you because you call me back quickly, say thank you, and then decide what's quickly. What would make customers say, you know what? These people are really on it. Obviously, if I call you back in three minutes, you're going to be blown away. But if you leave me a message and I call you within two hours, my guess is your customer is going to say, hey, thanks for calling back. Now, if I am on hold for two hours, I'm not going to be happy. But if I email you in under two hours, you get back to me, they'll say, wow, that was pretty quick. You know, do you see there's a different standard for all the different channels? And what you need to understand is what is the standard that's going to make majority, if not all of your customers feel like you're on top of it. And that's how you become amazing. They're amazing. They always take care of me. Um, well, this, this resonates with me because uh, I once read a book called Simply Better, which is based on a huge body of research. Yes. That's basically the way companies grow is not uh, blown away in innovations. The basic and best way to grow is actually to be simply better, uh, a little bit better. A little bit better, 1% better, you know, yeah. 10% better. You can make great improvements if every day you figured out a way to just improve something by 1%. A little bit, just a bit. Now, I think that's such a common sense idea. And when you start thinking about it, I mean, I have had clients say, I don't subscribe to that. We want our people to be over the top amazing. I go, well, you tell me how you're going to get that to happen every single time. Okay. There are incidents that will allow that to happen, but not every incident allows that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's go back to the basics, uh, basic message of your new book. How does this relate and what's important for CX Insights professional? So what does the core message mean to them? Sure. Well, I mean, obviously we want customers to come back, but I think for insights, uh, what you're looking for is to listen to your customer. Feedback is a gift. Listen to what they're saying and don't just listen and take action. I know that uh, I, I, um, I, I know that it's important to be able to understand the insights if you want to make the case for the investment into the customer experience. Without those insights, 
and without understanding numbers. Uh, you need to look outside and say, what are the stats and facts showing about you know, the value of a repeat customer versus an every once in a while customer, the value of loyalty, the value of reducing churn by 5% in your business. Yeah. All of that is being driven by the experience that the customer has. You need to understand what that experience is, what drives that experience. And when it's time to make an investment into that experience and you want to go to the C-suite, you better have your numbers and your data with you. All those insights become really important for uh, C-suite to make the decision that they want to invest more into the experience. We hear from so many, by the way, I do a survey now every year. I call it the uh, Achieving Customer Amazement Study, where we study consumer behavior. And by the way, business-to-business -business behavior is starting to incorporate consumer behaviors and the expectations. So if you are in the world of manufacturing or sell B2B, recognize that your customers compare you to the Amazon experience they have. I, I had a client the other day, and I know I'm getting off the, the topic here, and I've talked about this a lot lately because it just it hit me like, uh, like, wow, that is so insightful. The guy ordered a half a million dollar piece of machinery. It shows up. It surprised his company. They didn't expect it. And you know what the guy says to me? You know, they could have sent me an email. Even Amazon, when I order toilet paper, sends me an email to tell me it's on its way. You know, <laughs> it's what's a half a million dollar piece of equipment. And, and so when you think about that, it's really important to understand that the insights that we're, we're, we're going after and, and the importance of service really stems from everybody's experience. And so anyway, I know I digress a little bit here, but our studies are showing that companies, uh, customers will leave companies and brands faster than ever before. Um, in the 80 to 90% range, you give them a bad experience, you're giving them a reason to go walk and do business somewhere else. Never think about trying to win an argument, always think about how to win the customer. And I know that's very customer service focused, but service isn't even a department, it's a philosophy. Experience is the same way. Experience is everybody's role. We all participate in driving the customer's experience. Even if we never see the customer, we're doing something internally that does help. Yeah, my, my also my takeaway was that, yeah, actually measuring and actually finding the link between what you are measuring and insights and what the actual behavior is, yeah? Yep. That, that, that is pretty important to NPS and, and all those feedback is super helpful, but taking the extra step to, to really model the impact to the bottom line to a recurring uh, customer engagement, that's, that, that's very helpful and important. So Harvard Business Review had an article several years ago that Walmart upgraded several of its stores to what they call the store of the future. And what they did is they listened to their customers. They, they listened to feedback. They asked, were you happy with this? Were you happy with that? And they were getting a history lesson. And what happened is they said, well, we're not gonna change all of our stores. Let's experiment with just several stores. And the feedback was phenomenal. The customers loved it. They said it's the better lighting, it's easier to navigate the aisles. The impact to sales was negligible. There was no impact to sales. Behavior is really important. Does what you're doing drive more business, drive success? Hey, maybe it's important just to have a cleaner environment to keep up with the times, but you've got to think in terms, especially when you're asking the C-suite to invest based on your insights, you better have backup. Uh, you know, numbers so that they can see what the ROI is going to be. I know I said that earlier, but it's worth repeating.
Yeah, it's worth repeating, Chip, and probably it's linked back to my last question. Sorry, time is up. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. Yeah, we can do this again. Hey, yeah. uh, I'll be back. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I also prepared something here. <laughs> oh, you need you need to buy one. So, uh, Chip, my yeah, right, right. My last question. You know, uh, CX Insight professionals they have a number one pain point. That's what we found in, in the study, which is basically getting leadership buy-in. Yep. They collecting and they generating great uh, insights, but they struggle to convince leadership to act on it. Do you have uh, recommendations how, how uh, they can solve the problem? Sure. And we mentioned that briefly already, but number one, I want you to go in with, this is what our customers are saying, and this is what I think we need to do. There's going to be investment. It's going to be an upgrade in the process, software, whatever it is. But let me tell you why. If we can reduce churn by 3%, this is what it means to our bottom line. The general industry average, and you should go outside and look at general stats and facts. You can find them on the internet, very easy. Go to your industry association and ask for stats and facts that are uh, about specific to your industry. And then look at your numbers internally. And I, was, I am working with a client right now. We're in the middle of a big project. It's probably a good year-long project. We're about four or five months into it. And I remember saying to her, if we can reduce uh, the uh, churn of your customers by just, you know, they... Uh, their churn is, their churn rate was like 40%. And if we could drop that to 35% instead of 40%, that 5%, what does that mean to them? It means millions of dollars. So I said, well, I'd like to work on commission if that's okay. But <laughs> seriously, no, I said, great. So the investment into using us is an easy, it's an easy play. You can see that if it works, this is what we expect. This is our goal, 5%. Even if we hit two or 3%, you're gonna come out way ahead. But still, let's go for 5%. And that's how you sell it. You sell it with numbers as in dollars, in addition to all the other insights that you bring to them. It's a fantastic final world. Thank you, Chip, very much for enlightening us. Well, thank you. So I encourage everyone to read your new book, I'll Be Back. I hope so. Just go to I'llBeBackBook.com or go to Amazon. Wonderful. All right. Take care, my friend. Thank you so much. This was an episode of CX Insights Rockstars. Join the CX Insights Rockstars on LinkedIn and keep on rocking CX Insights.